Salam everyone and welcome to the fourth episode of Back from Fetch. If you'd like to skip to the discussion portion, that's at around six minutes in. If not, you get to hear me speak about creativity from many different perspectives. Also, check us out on Instagram under the same name where we post many different creative works related to each episode. In this episode, we will be discussing the concept of creativity. When creativity is discussed in Islam, it is usually talked about through the lens of innovation and invention, and I'll be discussing both. In order to explore this topic, the episode will progress in the following format. In part one, I will be discussing what Islam and several Islamic philosophers, people more than Ibn Arabi this time, have said in regards to what constitutes as creativity and the purpose it has in our lives. In the second part, my co-host and I will converse about our own creative process in regards to this podcast and more, plus the thoughts we grapple with when embarking on something creatively. As always, we are not scholars. We are just sharing our knowledge and experiences. Now let's get into the episode. Every episode so far, we have focused on how Islam emphasizes the pursuit of knowledge. But I want to take it a step further and look at the derivation of knowledge, creativity. This takes us to the first revelation of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, which is Surah Al-Halaq. The translation of the first five ayahs goes as follows. Read in the name of your Lord who created. He created man from a clot. Read and your Lord is most honorable, who taught to write with the pen, taught man what he knew not. Besides reading leading to the generation of new ideas and providing different perspectives and other symbolism such as the pen, I wanted to focus on this ayah because it introduces one of the two forms of creativity discussed in Islamic philosophy, khalq, which is creation from matter. The other form of creativity which is not mentioned in the above ayahs is creation from nothing, ibda'a. Both are acts that the average man can do. Whether it takes shape in the form of innovation or what we typically think of when we envision creativity or our imagination. I'll delve into the imagination aspect a little bit later. However, the aspect of creation reserved solely for God is command. The creation from pure nothingness, like the soul. I found it necessary to break down all the different aspects of creativity that Islam recognizes because there tends to be a debate on whether Muslims are allowed to create. The creativity argument tends to get boiled down to, Allah is the creator, so how can we claim a similar title? Except it's on completely separate grounds. Living things can't even access the type of creation God can do. The other aspect of the creativity argument is that Muslims can only create content that serves purpose to our communities. Now, I tend to dislike how this is phrased because it appears to allude that if it is not Islamic related, then it is not creativity that is allowed. However, anything that increases you or someone else in knowledge that does not contradict Islamic principles is still creativity, whether that be creating some type of art piece on human behavior or just shedding a light on your perspective of whatever matter, those are all encompassed within creativity. Now, when talking about creativity in relation to Islam, there's a particular argument that is made in its defense. That innovation is actually part of our obligation as Muslims since it aids us to be proficient in whatever we pursue. However, 
I almost didn't want to include this aspect of my research because it tends to be skewed into whatever we pursue in our careers, and I just can't help but to be a bit let down by that perspective. Even if your innovation never brings in any monetary value, it does not mean it isn't valuable or not worth your time. Your creative endeavors do not have to be monetized, but due to the capitalistic society we live in that correlates quote-unquote productivity to measurable output, which tends to be money, the encouragement to be creative is usually under the guise of aiding you in advancing within your careers. All I can really say to that, and to myself, is create even if it is never seen by anybody. Finally, I can now really get into the aspect of creativity I wanted to explore. When choosing a topic, I wanted to present it in a way that everyone can relate to. Sometimes we restrict the act of creativity to certain forms when it is a core part of our existence. As we have discussed in previous episodes, we are able to manifest as God's traits to certain degrees. So, like God, we are also able to create. Never to the same degree, but it is within our human nature. And this is where our imagination comes into play. Mullah Sadra, who is a Persian Islamic philosopher, phrases it best. Man has a world in the realm of his absolute sovereignty, where, like the objective world, there is substance, accident, and element, and the creation of all of them is under man's power and will. Imagination is what emerges from man's mutual relationship with the objective world. It is through this that he can build his own mental realm. Mullah Sadra's philosophy emphasizes that our imagination is never-ending. This aligns with the idea that the universe is in constant transformation. Which brings me to, once again, Ibn Arabi, but only just briefly to touch on Tajdeed al-Khalq fil-Anat, the renewal of creation at every moment. This doctrine emphasizes that our imagination is only what we confine ourselves to. It is through the constant renewal of ourselves that we can truly get closer to God. And I'm just going to leave you guys with one last note. Muhammad Iqbal, who is a Pakistani Islamic philosopher, once said, Are you alive? Be eager. Be creative. Okay, so now we'll go into the discussion portion of the episode, where we'll mostly talk about our creative process um, when we're creating every episode. So basically everything that goes into making an episode from start to end. Do you want to start with actually like our thoughts when creating back from Fetch, like before we actually committed to the project? I think that does highlight what we were both individually thinking and also the shared thoughts we had does highlight, I think, the usual creative process, like doubt and stuff like that. It's just that the fact that you're pursuing something that is constantly in risk of failure. And I guess that's how anyone would feel with any um, creative endeavor, especially if it's something that that's about putting yourself out there or that you're that you don't think you have the skills for. So you're learning a- along the way. Um, yeah, it's just a journey that's filled with doubt and a lot of learning and a steep like learning curve and so I on. Think, so Yeah. Like especially like building up to 
the creation of Back from Fetch. Like it wasn't like a very smooth line of progress, which I think goes for any type of creative project. Like a lot of the doubt that I think that we both shared was someone out there could potentially, who is more skilled and more knowledgeable, could be doing it better than us because we're like, especially because it's something Islamic related. So you're put in a position where you don't want to spread misinformation. And even if you have good intentions, good intentions doesn't take you that far, you know, like you, your intentions have to match up with the effort that you're putting in. So a lot of the doubt before, like I committed to it was just convincing myself that I didn't have to be like a scholar or someone who knew everything about everything that we were going to talk about. And it was like, it'd be okay regardless of whatever, like just sharing the knowledge and information that I gain along the way. So that a lot of the convincing came from that. And even before we launched, it's not that those doubts came back, but it was like a different set of doubts where it was like, oh, is any of this good enough for it to be released? Like, and especially because now that we're, that we released like episode one, episode two, and there's that kind of expectation for it to be released weekly. So sometimes you'll make like, make an art thing or whatever and you don't like how it's executed but like it's either delay posting or like be content with what you have because most of the time what you did end up producing wasn't that bad or like isn't as bad as you're making it out to be but like I don't know but when you're in that headspace of creation you can sometimes be pretty hard on yourself. Like, you're trying to be a perfectionist. Like, you're trying to produce work that you deem to be perfect. And when the execution doesn't match up with that whatever idea that you had, then it's like, well, <laughs> well, now what? Like, what am I supposed to do now? So, that, you know, it's really ironic that, like, the episode that we're filming is on creativity. And I think it has to be the most, um, like the epitome of the creative everything process. that goes wrong with the with the creative process. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, yeah, because I mean, we can we can tell them the yeah, yeah. context was nearly basically the context every single week is like a mini essay. You go through um, a sort of intensive research process, and then you narrow down what's. Um, relevant or what you want to talk about so that we can link to it in the discussion and um (laughs) we we barely just got it in this week i mean i barely just got it in and um when you're rushing to get something done as i said it just you feel like what you've created is like a piece of crap but then (laughs) i feel like that's always me regardless of what I'm creating, but then way later, like in retrospect, I can just look at it and appreciate some some things about it, but it doesn't feel good in the moment. Yeah. When creating something, like usually for me, like the, the failure or like the quote unquote failure that comes about is either the, the what I executed doesn't match the idea that I had, which I mentioned earlier, 
Or with something like Back from Fedge, the execution can be completely fine, but it doesn't match the overall brand. Like, we ended up switching, like, we had recorded an episode, um, and there was, there's honestly, there was nothing wrong with it, but because it didn't match what we had envisioned for Back from Fedge, we had to switch it last minute so then you end up in these positions where like Hannah said you're you're rushing the script but that doesn't and that doesn't mean it's a failure though no it, it's it's not but it's just like time wise like yeah the unpredictable aspect of it like it, it's not a failure but it just isn't something that can be produced and because something like back from fedge like um is open to the public opinion and like public like a lot of a lot of it TikTok is comments what, what people <laughs> a lot of it is like public engagement so if they can't see what we've done then to them like to everyone listening it's like you know well we haven't done anything that like there's nothing for them to to see like that week even if we've been like working on something this is like you know, whatever, there's there's no, there's nothing to prove that we have. I guess so. But I feel like either way, I'd rather have quality over quantity. Like, you know how you, some YouTubers that you watch, because um, I feel like there's a bunch of YouTubers that I watch that post irregularly, but because some of their videos take like months to make, when when they surprise post, it's just like really worth it and you stay for the quality. But obviously we've we've made it we've made an effort to post this um on a weekly basis, so that's the expectation. But I'm saying like in general, mm-hmm. if that delay were to happen, it's not like I'd rather have a good delayed episode than an eh episode yeah. that's on time. Yeah, definitely. Like I mean, especially since it's only the two of us running this and I think we should take them through the creative process right now because uh, there are so many. <laughs> we actually had to use Notion, um, which is like a, an application to organize usually a work work groups or teams. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I guess there are three elements to the our creative process. So the first one would be research and writing. And that's usually really unpredictable because we first have to decide on the topics. And as Ella said, I think the tone that our podcast is taking is more of like mini philosophical snippets or like um, of different concepts or a, a brief look into what Islamic philosophers have to say on certain concepts. So um, we've had to like trash a few ideas that we that we already executed but we may release later if we want to research and writing and whoever writes um the context for that week the other person has to go through and edit it and then (laughs) there are multiple (laughs) edits we like we make sure that it's not too essay like because i think that was the problem with the very first one it was not um like written to be listened to it was more of, um, like, uh, academia. Honestly, I wouldn't even classify it as academia. It was just, like, a summary. Like, I would a put research that in dump? The, 
there was no analysis, there was no anything, but yeah, it had a special place in my heart just because it was in creation for a really long time. And and also it started because in university. Yeah, like you know that was the first idea. And also because of like Khadija radiallahu anha, like her significance that there was just nothing, you know, like I wanted it to be the first one, but I think also like as a <laughs> like as a business move, maybe yeah, we it wasn't <laughs> the best. But yeah, <laughs> we actually thought about it after that. Um, but I guess I don't know if this is the right way to think. But by having that as the first episode, we were kind of marketing ourselves as like, or just like making our content more female oriented, which it obviously has that undertone because we're both speaking from our own experiences. But um, it was just something that we were doubtful about. But I think it turned out fine. It yeah, was a good episode. Yeah, yeah it, you know, it was. Like, you know, after all is said and done, then you're like, it wasn't that it wasn't big that bad. of a deal or like that, um, you know, yeah, like that bad. But it wasn't bad, well, period. It was, yeah, it was good. So, yeah, sorry, you were saying like we... We go through and research, and then write, yeah. and then edit. So, um, the editing, I guess we can split it into different uh, parts. So first, there's the research, and there's also the recording of the episode. And then we have the editing, which involves like script editing. Um, e- editing the audio. Sound editing, yeah. Yeah. And also editing like content. Like, there's creation and editing, which yeah, um, just goes through the both of us, and we, like, have to compromise and agree on certain concepts or the way that things are pro- portrayed. But yeah, so we think of a topic, we research, we try to think of, like, a, a way to portray it in a visual metaphor, so on our Instagram, so that we can release it midweek before. And we also try to be, I guess, innovative with the way that we communicate that concept. And yeah, so it's just constant back and forth. And yeah, it's just the two of us running a media production team, basically. And then after yeah. that, we we do the marketing, I suppose, in quotation marks, which is just posting um, audio snippets on TikTok, posting um, reels. Or one reel a week. And yeah, that's basically how it goes. (laughs) But I guess it... um, It's just stressful as hell. Yeah, because it is a lot on top of... You know, I don't want to (laughs) be... Like, you know those YouTubers who come on and they're like, Ugh, I have so much to do, like, you guys don't even know. But the thing is, it is true, like... we're not. I don't. I don't want this to come off as a six. Um, complaining. Um, this is just letting you guys look into how how much work actually goes into the creative process. Like, if you've ever taken a philosophy course in university, um, you you know what a pain it is to write those essays. Like, <laughs> so we're we're basically doing that 
plus like it's not just philosophy like we're all voluntarily <laughs> yeah voluntarily it's like a, <laughs> it's like almost like some kind of like sadistic abuse like that we are that we're inflicting <laughs> on ourselves oh but it's not just um like it's also not just philosophy like we're also looking mm-hmm. into islam has to say like in text and the then scholars, also yeah. you know applying that to seeing what philosophers have to say and also inputting you know you have to analyze it from your own perspective and then mm-hmm. also because it, it doesn't matter honestly the amount of research you do if you can't communicate it in a way that that the average person who's never looked into anything philosophically who doesn't have the background of research that you've been doing if they can exactly. understand it then that to me is considered like a successful um relay of you know that's a successful episode but if no one understands anything that you're saying (laughs) then it's like just for your your research doesn't do anything and honestly i think the best way to know if we also understand what we're saying is if we can relate in a way like what's it called like layman speech like yeah like you know so i think that's the best way to understand like it doesn't using big academic words doesn't do anything you know yeah that that doesn't mean that you understand it. Exactly. Yeah. Also, um, um, the big problem or the hard part about doing all of this research, especially into um, Islamic rulings and such, is that it's so hard to find reliable information, especially on, like, Islam. There's so much misinformation online that's, like, misconstrued and people just pushing their own agenda. So... We mostly try to, like, you know, the hierarchy of um, scriptures that you look at. So, like, the Quran first, and then everything the Prophet said, and so on, hadith. and then hadiths. Yeah. yeah. So, we, we try to be as accurate as possible. And also, um, you know what you were saying about, like, digestibility? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it just reminded me of that comment that we got on TikTok. The- <laughs> So all of this work, and then someone on TikTok just comes on and says, "Stop talking about this made-up subject. Just focus on the Dane." <laughs> like, like we're just like spouting anything, like you know, <laughs> like <laughs> because also, like I was also disappointed in that comment because it does reflect a lot about how people, like some people within the Muslim community, react to branching out of different research because, you know. Like, we do harp on about it a lot in our episodes, but because it's so important, like, the pursuit and the seeking of knowledge is, like, a core aspect of Islam. Like, it's been encouraged within our own deen. So for someone to, like, dismiss that or belittle that, it's, like, so disappointing. Like, it's so disheartening because, like, like from one Muslim to, you know, I'm supposing they were also Muslim because they were scolding me. (laughs) But, um... You know, like, I feel, like, almost, like, I felt kind of sad also, because it's like, you should, you know, I'm disappointed that you don't want to seek more knowledge about your religion. Um, so, that was a... <laughs> I think it's just because <laughs> that of was a bit demographic, <laughs> like, of people on TikTok. It's mostly, I mean, there's a lot of adults, obviously, but the people that get to this content, most of them are also kids, so... yeah. Uh, they look pretty young. So yeah, I think like after a few episodes, we figured out that our demographic is mostly like o- like older people in university. Yeah, it's or, people in their 
like young adult, so like eighteen yeah. to twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. And Which is in, honestly interested cool. about like their um like spiritual questions or philosophical questions about the religion. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead. Which was our target demographic, so Yeah. yeah. I was just gonna say uh, we could talk about some of the points that you uh talked about in the context mm-hmm. because um you captured the fact that most people like denounce or just disregard creativity as something that is valuable, especially culturally. I mean, first of all, Islam tells us that if you were to create something, do it with itqan, do it with precision, with care, and detail. So that's that's one part. The message that most people put forward is that you have to be, you have to create some sort of thing that is, innovative to the community so that you can give back to it and be an active part of the Muslim community. But um, that also doesn't mean that you shouldn't create, period. Because <laughs> I think uh, creativity manifests in a lot of aspects of our lives. Like even writing essays, That's you. it's very hard to code a computer to write an essay because it's an ill-defined problem. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to know what that is, an ill-defined problem is basically a problem that doesn't have a well-defined goal or um series of steps that you can go through. There are obviously like um guidelines that you can use to help you achieve that goal, which is writing that essay, but in itself, it's a hard process of research yeah. and refining and so on. You're trying to carry the listener through the the prompt with you you know you can't you can't just like um you can list whatever points but if they don't connect and if it doesn't flow then you know you're like losing the listener on this journey but exactly so you're saying something about how the islam community perceives creativity and it just reminded me of something in my um where they almost kind of try to limit it basically into like either creating things that are explicitly islamic in nature or like calligraphy or islamic art yeah or creation um for your job like innovation you know to excel Mm -hmm. within your career path and it just reminded me of this um basically there was this one guy i'm forgetting his name so i'm really sorry because he was like someone who's renowned (laughs) but he was basically saying that islamic creativity is um quote-unquote limited because um you you should only create something that is that aligns with islamic principles but i really do disagree with i know it's just a word but i do disagree with how he's saying that it's a limitation because if we look at how we've defined creativity within this essay, creativity is only something that aligns with Islamic principles. So you're if you create something, which, I don't know, like for some reason doesn't align with Islamic principles, which I actually can't really think of something at the moment can, that doesn't. But I mean, people can create like religion-centric um, oh. artwork. Yeah, like Piss Christ... Stuff like that. Oh, true, true, true. But if something... Okay, so 
like, I guess I kind of thought of it like as a logic problem. Like if we mm-hmm. define creativity to be something that aligns with Islamic principles, that if you end up creating something like what you just suggested, so that doesn't equal creativity in the first place because it's on completely different grounds. So it's not like, I don't like the perception. I don't like him pushing that like, oh, Islamic creativity is limited because we're you know to create something and have it align with the sonic principles there's so many things that you can do and it doesn't have to be like you know preaching about islam or spreading islam in a particular way just seeking knowledge in of itself as long as it doesn't contradict you know the religion so anything within that pursuit and portraying it and how you perceive it or displaying it in whatever that is creativity and i think a lot of it is also to blame with our cultures like because we don't see value in creativity that often like especially when we push career paths like when children speak about career paths with their parents and we still have a very stereotypical like you know engineer lawyer doctor uh like engineering is full of creativity in the first yeah place. definitely yeah. all of those Everything. are yeah but it's only, which, but first of all, they never portray in that way, like as a creative endeavor. It's more so like, this is something has of a purpose. Mo- monetary. Like, I, I want my, I want my child to pursue this because, you know, I know that they'll have a guaranteed like career path or like they'll be okay money wise. But, you know, even if you, even if you create and like it's, you never gain any money from it. That doesn't mean, like it's not successful or it's a waste of your time like yeah hustle like because i like i i liked how um i didn't go into it this much but there was this other philosopher that i came about muhammad iqbal um he's a pakistani islamic philosopher and he goes a lot into how your soul is like like you have to feed your soul basically and part of doing that is with the creative process, because it's only through the creative process that you understand aspects of yourself, because you do learn a lot about, you know, yourself when you're creating something or the ideas that you come up with. So he's like, yeah. you basically, through creation, you feed your soul because you're also, you know, you're also reading to get new ideas and things like that. So I, I really loved how he portrayed that because he's making it to be as a necessity which Mm -hmm. i believe it is to be as well uh i agree i agree Uh, uh, i just wanted to add to that point that you were talking about before about how we can view creativity as the pursuit of knowledge but in different ways and most people i guess don't find value so when we were talking about different career career paths we talked about like engineering uh, doctors, lawyers, which all obviously encompass creativity because humans um, are creative in a lot of aspects of their everyday lives. But for example, if your kid wanted to pursue visual arts or something like that, I think, or if we uh, decompose it even further to just like the act of drawing, the act of drawing itself is gaining knowledge about things by observing them. And you come to appreciate like, um, Allah's creations as well, the way things look or um, how light works and so on, or color theory, everything else. But because 
as you said, um, something to do with the visual arts or just the fine arts in general uh, doesn't really have or isn't really a guaranteed career path. I think that that point of having a guaranteed career path that will bring you monetary um, success on some level is an idea that's carried forward because most families are immigrants to like the West. So you can't, if your family has worked this hard to give you a base um, to work off of, they're telling you not to compromise it and, and basically guaranteeing that you'll also achieve success in that sense to further what they've created. Yeah, I think, I think it's actually just in general, um, it's a really valuable I mean, any anyone has the capacity to be creative. Like, um, everyone, everyone is creative by virtue of them being human. They just have to... Um, basically, most creativity comes out of constraints. Mm-hmm. So if you constrain yourself like a time limit or a certain um, concept or randomly generate, um, I don't know, an idea and try to work off of that, then you then your brain tries to make all of these connections on how to portray a certain concept. And you also learn about yourself, as you said, in the way that you actually approach that concept relative to someone else based on your experiences. Like going, adding on to what you were saying, like everyone is creative. Like, you know, it's an, it's something like intrinsic about you. You can't, you can't remove it from yourself basically, but also besides, you know, putting yourself in constraints in the actual pursuit. I think you also do just need to change your perspective as well because you'll realize that a lot of the things that you're doing are creative, like reading or writing. Like, but like I actually don't consider essay writing that creative, even though it is, but it's because... It, is. It, it definitely is. Yeah. But because of... um. <laughs> because of school and university and like especially because like our major or you know we have the same major but like where I am now in my in my major a lot of it is essay writing and even though I really do enjoy it I think a lot of that joy is like taken away from me (laughs) because it's like um because of the grading and sometimes you'll execute something and it just doesn't align with what they were looking for. And then that can be such a bummer. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like skewed my perspective of essay writing, even though like it definitely is creative and like through back from Fedge, like I'm trying to like almost reprogram my thoughts towards that and make it enjoyable because it is I have a lot of fun when doing it, mm-hmm. but it feels kind of like <laughs> like a bit um painful sometimes yeah (laughs) (laughs) but also like i there was this one thing i mentioned in the context and i like i didn't feel called out by it but um well um i felt i was like oops (laughs) what but basically i mentioned um how like how our creative endeavors don't need to be monetized but because of capitalism and whatever, like trying to justify your the output that you're doing. Sometimes we're like, turn turn your hobby into a career or, or like whatever. And it's I'm because pretty, time uh, is money. 
So, yeah, I am pretty against it, but, like, I do understand the sentiment, but, like, I, I'm, I'm against it as a, whenever I see it, it is very, like, hustle culture to me. Um, but, like, I realize that I do something, um, different, kind of, because sometimes we, we want our creative endeavors to be monetized or whatever to, like, justify their value. the output, like, or, you know, like, see, this was worth it for something. But I do, like, this thing where, where I have to, like, if I'm not creating, then I don't, like, I don't exist. I don't know, like, if that's something that other people feel. I know some people feel that in terms of, like, if they're not working or if they're not, you know, more, this, this is more so towards their careers. Like, they have to justify their their existence through their careers. Like, they need to advance within their careers. But I do that just with creation in general, you know, which isn't any better, honestly, than the... <laughs> than the what's it than the outlook that I disapprove of which is the the monetary like monetizing creativity because like you still exist even when you don't create like just as a you're not measured by your output and I feel like it's a bit strange to say like that you don't exist because obviously you do you know but to me I almost viewed it as like there's no purpose to my existence if I can't if I can't prove that there is which which is a lot of like self-hatred because I remember I was listening to this one thing from Honest Tea Talk where they were talking about the same thing where they were always in like constant movement and in constant creation that when COVID happened and they couldn't do anything they had to come to terms with themselves just um being as they are and they're like that's when you truly like love yourself and that's when you love God because you can't like, their argument was, like, how can you say you love God if you don't even love yourself and God created you? So, yeah. I, I think I I think I think kind of went on a tangent. So, yeah. You obviously know that measuring your productivity, measuring your worth based on your productivity isn't... <laughs> yeah, because I've... I mean, I'm, it's always in the back of my mind. I especially since I've started uni, so that goes before um, I did Back from Fej. And because, um, especially when you have a full course load and it's so draining and it sucks the life out of you, you just don't have... The free time that you do have is just for rest. It's It's most efficiently spent by resting or doing things that are like low effort, so, yeah, it's not a good outlook, and I've <laughs> I guess I've just learned to actually. I I think no. it's all like they all they're all guilty. Like all these thoughts are all like we're all guilty of um yeah like being a slave to <laughs> to capitalism <laughs> because yeah because you don't like measuring your worth by your output. But it um, has less to do with capitalism. Um, I guess for me. I mean, and you as well. Because it's just uh, self-worth in general. It doesn't have to do with monetary value. Mm -hmm. Getting um, skilled at something. And feeling like your skills are deteriorating if you're not um, actively pursuing the thing that you want to do. 
or that you're lagging behind. But I guess that is capitalistic. Capitalism frames this race, this uh, invisible race in the first place, to be the best. I don't know if it's about um, being being the best, but it definitely all does link back to capitalism because we're not really um, encouraged to just sit still and be, you know, just be content with, like, as we are. Um, which is what during the, COVID, like, when it happened. Yeah, everyone's like, are you learning a hobby? Are you learning a skill? <laughs> like, do something with your time. <laughs> Ten things to um, do in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, you always... Which is, which is a shame because, you know, being content with yourself and being as you are, like, exploring yourself creatively, like, like, is such a, like, I don't know how, but it's such a precious thing, you know? Like, it's, like, once you start doing it and actually embarking on, on the projects that you want to do, like, it really, I'm not even exaggerating, but it is really, like, beautiful, like, like, it's really, yeah, fulfilling, like, because you do learn a lot about yourself, so it's a shame that it's been um, also turned into something where you have to measure your output. But I am learning to be better at it. Um, yeah. And Back From Fetch has helped with that, definitely. And I think also, um, if you try to see the ways in which you can be creative in everything that you do, because I've started... I've been doing that since I started uni. Um, even with like assignments, it would be even if there's like strict guidelines. If you're writing a proof or writing code, <laughs> there's, yeah. there's it's like it's still creative in a sense. I don't know. It just if you think about it as a challenge or a puzzle to solve, then it's like stimulating your brain in the same way that creativity um or it is creative in that sense yeah but yeah I, um i think we'll end it here do you have anything else to say you know inshallah this episode was like helpful to some people and if there's like anything like i'd want to say to others and also to myself is just you know and enjoy the process of creation Learn to be more mindful and conscious of your actions. Um, everything turns into like, you know, a learning experience about yourself or. And yeah. also getting in the process or getting into the habit of creating imperfect things. As long as you keep mm -hmm. doing projects and finishing them, then you just have this itinerary of things that you've done or completed. And they're all just stepping stones to wherever you want to be next. It's just exp uh, fun to go and look back at where you were. So just practice. Yeah, that's a really good point. Even, like, I'd add even projects, like, even if you never finish them. Like, it, like how did I actually... Oh, we we haven't finished this game. <laughs> yeah, this we one game. Two summers ago, but... Yeah, unfinished or finished projects, even just having, like, I have so many unfinished projects. <laughs> Same. But like... just started um, for the purpose of, like, catharsis. And, you know, when they've served their purpose, um, I just leave them. And there's no problem with that. 
it just comes and goes. Like, so, I've learned that the worst thing, like, I can do to myself is if I have an idea and I don't embark on it. Like, maybe, like, like, if I don't, if I'm busy with school or whatever, then, you know, those there are sometimes valid reasons. But if there's, you know, if you're just making up excuses and you don't embark on the idea that you have, like, um, like, things like, oh, you're not skilled enough or whatever. Yeah, that's, thinking like that isn't worth your time. Might as well yeah. just, you know, do it. Yeah, at least start it. You're 1% closer to, <laughs> to the finish line. True. But yeah, we hope you enjoyed this episode. It was sort of all over the place, but so is our creative process. And yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> one. Encapsulation of it. <laughs> um, anyways. All right. We'll see you in the we'll next one. We'll see you guys in the next one, inshallah. Salam. Bye. Bye.